Yep, 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 yep. I'll show you a video later about that. You'll you'll get what I'm saying. I like the Sesame Street stuff. Would like the manomanom do 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 manomanom. So there's not even like words. They're actually just little songs they come up for kids and stuff. You know. So, anyways, let's get down to business. Are you ready? Yes? No? Maybe so? Yes? Yes? Okay. So one, let's, does a sick person need faith? Slash trust, right? Because it's all it is, trust. The sick person need faith. They need to have faith. They need to have trust. The sick person. Does the sick person need to have faith to be healed? Huh? Huh? What? No, on one condition if somebody else can have faith for him. Okay? Okay? Yes. Someone needs to have faith. Right? We can go Mark 2. We can see that the paralytic's friends had faith for him. Right? He acknowledged the faith. We can go to the Roman centurion. We can see that he had faith, had no right to ask Jesus. He wasn't part of the covenant. He was Roman centurion. He had faith for his servant. Samaritan woman. She had faith for her daughter. Right? And you could say several other places. What about the woman with the issue of blood? Who had faith for her? She did. She had faith for her. What about the, the blind midget guy? He had faith for himself. What about the, the, the whatchamacallums? The whatchamacallums, you know. The, 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 the two guys of leprosy. They were calling after Jesus. They had faith? They had faith. They had faith in Jesus. What about Lazarus? No? What about the, widow's, the widow of Nain's son? Jesus had faith, right? What about the guy at the well? Um, uh, was it Shalom? Shiloh? The, the pool. Bethesda. Bethesda. There you go. Jesus had faith. He even asked the guy, do you want to be made whole? The guy goes off into a whole list of issues. Doesn't even answer the question. This will be a common problem for you. I guarantee it. I can tell you. From experience. Even though I've been all over the world, it's still the same thing. They want to tell you their life story. And I have to tell them, I'm not a doctor. You can't get away with that. <laughs> so, very interesting. But the main thing is, someone has to have faith. 
But what's the one thing we do wrong as healing ministers? Ministers of healing. One thing we do wrong. What do we do wrong? We what? We don't build up their faith. We're too quick to pray for them. Right? So, slow down. Inspire faith. Trust. If you missed the first two days, I go through and I explain why. That faith, all it is, is trust. Okay, so that's why I push faith slash trust. So you understand. All right. So here we see, you need to slow down and you need to inspire faith and trust. If you go back to the Gospels, every time Jesus went into a place where there was unbelief, he began to teach. What was he doing? He was inspiring faith. The people he commanded after he healed them not to say anything, to go quietly, what did they do? They disobeyed him. Did they lose their healing? No. They got faith in Jesus. How? How did they get faith in Jesus? What? Listen to his words? No. They left. They got healed. They have proof. Okay. Proof of what? Testimony. They begin to share their testimony. Testimony inspires faith. Trust in God. That's why we always need to be pointing to Jesus and not ourselves or not a ministry. Because what happens? We tell them, you don't need to have faith. Come to me. I'll heal you. They get healed. They go off. They get sick again by continuing in sin, bringing stuff on themselves. They come back to you. You have to pray again. They get healed. They go back out, continue in their sins, continue in the mess, continue in the junk. They get sick again. They come back to you. You're not available. They die. It's happened. It's happened. I'm just being honest. Why are we going to allow people to go through that when we can inspire faith in them to go straight to the source instead of them becoming dependent on us? See what I'm saying? So it's key. It's very important. We inspire them to have trust in God for themselves. How do we do this? We point to the very nature of God. Just like Jesus. Just like the disciples. Just like the apostles. See how easy this is? It's not complicated. Very simple. You know, Reinhard Bunky. 
Have you ever listened to one of his sermons? Have you? Go on the internet. Listen to one of his sermons. <laughs> they're pointing at brother sing. <laughs> they're like, I haven't heard the brother sing on TV yet. <laughs> but it's not a complicated message. It's to the point. He talks very slow. Tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, you can hear. <laughs> the Indian Reinhard Bunky. <laughs> <laughs> the same topic. <laughs> so you begin to see, it's not about how much Im information you can shove down somebody's throat. It's the impact of the message you're delivering, and it can be extremely simple. Because when it points to God, He does the rest. Amen? Very simple. Please stop touching each other. You're kind of weirding me out. All right. Next thing. God is in control of everything. God is in control of everything. It's the sovereignty of God. What proves it wrong? Adam and Eve eating the apple? But what if God wanted them to eat the apple? Then why did he punish them? Yeah, why did he keep it in the garden? Why did he put the tree of life there as well? Hmm? Why was the serpent talking? It wasn't like Eve was in the garden, like, doo -doo 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 -doo. and then a snake comes up, hey, Eve, woo! Doesn't say that. The, the serpent was talking to her. Imagine this. Hog comes out from the, the woods over here, right? Walks up to you, starts talking to you. Would you freak out? I would freak out. Then I would ask him, have you ever had Canadian bacon? No, I'm joking, joking. <laughs> it's bacon, bacon, bacon to a hog. Yeah, you'll get it later. Just put it in your pocket, save it for later. You'll laugh later. Okay. Bacon. And if his name was Bacon, that would be even hilarious, right? And more funny. But anyways. So, the sovereignty of God is ultimately... He chooses when somebody's sick and when somebody gets healed because he's teaching people to suffer for him. You got to suffer for the gospel. Hmm? You experienced it? Hmm? How do you defeat this? How do you prove this wrong? Anybody? Hmm? What scriptures prove this wrong? Somebody read it earlier. Not everybody at once. 
Not everybody at once. Calm down. Calm down. Come on, guys. <laughs> what proves this wrong? What scriptures prove it wrong? How about the Lord's Prayer? That your your kingdom become like your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's saying his will isn't done on earth. You see this? Who has the right to rule on earth? Children of men. He gave that authority, that power to us. So that if there's injustice going on in your neighborhood, in your city, anything else, it's on you. Because the way for injustice to thrive is for good men to do nothing. It's all about responsibility. Yes. But people want to shift the blame on God because if it's on God, then they don't have to take responsibility. Right? Well, that's a lot of responsibility. And how old are you? <laughs> but this is what's going on in church. Well, you don't understand. I'm a baby Christian. How long have you been in church? 32 years. Okay, if we take this practically and we look at somebody growing up in, in school, right? And let's say they're, you have primary school. What do you call school here? Primary? Primary? Primary school. 32 years old sitting in your children's class. At some point, they're going to say, time for you to move on, grow up, take responsibility, pay bills, right? They're not going to let you stay in primary and play with the other kids. <laughs> right? We have to grow up. It's part of growing up. Taking responsibility is part of growing up. And so once we get these manuals to you, we have tons of scriptures there for you. All right? We've got over 30 scriptures in that section alone just for you. God chooses who and when to heal. Here's a couple arguments for you. The ways of God are mysterious. There's no way that a man can understand the ways of God. And no one can know who, wants, who he wants to heal. And when it is his pertinent time to be healed. That's one argument. Second argument is God has decided to heal others. But not to heal me. At least not yet. Oh. Really? There's, I have tons of scriptures for this. What's, what's your take? You are healed? Remember we got over this. It doesn't say where. It says you are. Thank God it says you are. Because if it was just you were. Then it means nobody else could be healed after the stripes of Jesus. You are healed. Right? So, what do you, how do you answer somebody who says, 
God's ways are mysterious. Because the next thing they tell you is say, well, I'll pray for you and you'll be healed right now. You know what they'll tell you? You know what they told me? Who are you to command God? Hmm? <laughs> That's what they'll tell you. You're telling God what to do. <laughs> They're saying, I'll tell the devil what to do. Devil, you get out. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm telling your God what to do. Get out. <laughs> so you see, these are questions, people, the things people begin to believe because it's what's been taught. But if we go back to the verse about his ways being mysterious, he... Right. God has revealed to us by his spirit. Yeah. So are his ways unknown to us? No. His ways are unknown to us? No. They're known to us. We know his ways. They're revealed through, through Jesus Christ and through his spirit. That's how we are perceiving the kingdom of God, right? Oh, oh, okay, lost it. God has decided to heal others, but he hasn't decided to heal me yet. Really? How do you answer that one? You're not special? Wow. Wow. You're the one exception. Wow. What does this come back to? Every single answer comes back to what? The nature of God. Is God a covenant keeper? He's kept all his covenants? What about the devil? Is he a covenant keeper? What is he? He's a covenant breaker. He doesn't keep any of his promises, right? He breaks all of his promises. He's a liar. So who are you going to trust? Somebody who's truthful, integral, is a covenant keeper, or somebody who's not? Because what, you're, what people say is, well, God chose to heal them. He didn't choose to heal me. Yet, is what? They're saying that God does not keep his promise. Remember, what's the heart of the question? That's answering the heart of the question. God is not partial. So he, what he's really saying is that God is partial. Right? He shows no favoritism. <gasps> what? But I thought Peter, James, and John were his favorites. No. No. They were the three that pushed in the most. That's all it is. Go back and read it. They were always there. They were always around him. They made a point to be around him. When you start discipling people, if you're not discipling people now, you will see some of them will hang around you, be around you, look for you every moment of every day because they're hungry for the truth of God and they can't wait to start manifesting as a son of God. 
This is very simple. If I had never discipled somebody, I, would, I wouldn't be able to tell you that. I discipled a lot of people. And I would work in the office, and they'd be hanging around my office, making it hard to work because they're asking questions. Can we go out on the street? Let's go. I have to be here till 6 o'clock. Then we'll go. Can we go eat after that? Yes, we can go eat after that. So we can talk about this. I have questions. Right? Let's continue on. Scroll, scroll. I have a bunch of scriptures in this one as well, as you will see. If a, pers- if a sick person has sin in his or her life, it will stop healing. Is it a trick question? Trick question. Will sin in a person's life stop healing? No? 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 What do you think? No? They were all sinners when Jesus healed them. Okay? What else? What else you got for me? Sin cannot change God's nature. (laughs) 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 It jumps like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, think about it. Can darkness stay in the presence of light? No. Can't. So sickness can't stay in the presence of, of the healer. Right? But like I said, you have to be utterly convinced of that. You have to know that. Just like Romans 4.21. Fully convinced that God is able to deliver on what he promised. There's, some of them say fully persuaded. Fully convinced, fully persuaded, same thing. Right? So you see, some people can have issues in their soul. Can you get them healed, just their body? Yeah. You can see them healed every single time. They might come back to you several days later. So sin isn't always the cause of sickness. And the, the, the verse that generational curse people try to use on why is, this, why is this guy blind? Was it the sin of his father? Right? That's what they asked Jesus. Jesus' disciples asked Jesus this. Why would they ask that question? What was Jesus teaching them that led them to the question? You ever thought about that? Hmm? I'm telling you, you need to think. You need to take these scriptures and chew on them. Like a piece of gum. 
Just don't eat like a cow. <laughs> it might fall out. <laughs> I'm joking. But here's the thing. As you take that scripture and you begin to think, okay, what was he teaching them? Well, now I've revealed to you what he was teaching them was the very nature of God. So if that's the nature of God is to heal, then the nature of sin is what? Curse. Right? So this is where the question's coming out of. The question is, is it the curse of the father that has led this man to be sick? Right? Jesus says no. He answers plainly, no. But that I may work the works of my father. Right? Then he heals the guy. Generational curse people want to take that and say, see, 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 that's what he taught him. That's what he taught him. No. He was teaching about the very nature of God. Different perspective. Different thought pattern. Right? Yeah. It is. So what happens when somebody has an issue in their soul? You need to minister to them? Were well, you going to counsel them for hours? Explain. They need to grow in the Word of God. So you're going to counsel them through discipleship for hours. Deal with their soul how? Command what? Prophecy, word of knowledge. Okay, what if it doesn't come? Tell them about the Father's love, okay. What are you preaching? What are you preaching? Well, now you're preaching the nature of God, right? You will be preaching the nature of God. <laughs> you're preaching Jesus. That their sins are forgiven. Period. Right? Like I told you, I was in Brazil, lady came up, I was ready to pray. The prayer of faith would have healed her body and forgiven her sins, but she needed to know that her sins were forgiven. As soon as I declared that, what happened? I didn't even pray for healing. She was completely healed. Completely healed. Very simple. Right? Did Jesus ever do that? Yes, he did. What's easier to say? Sins are forgiven or take up your bed and walk? Mark 2. So am I forgiving this person's sins? No. I didn't hang on a cross for him. Jesus did. Right? You understand? It's that simple. You're declaring the goodness of God over somebody. So just because their sins are forgiven doesn't mean that they're in right standing with God unless they make a commitment and come into Jesus Christ. You see what I'm saying? Because it's like, Castro owes me five bucks. 
five rupees. And I say, don't worry about it. What I do? I wiped it clean. Next day, he asked me for, for 10 rupees. I give him 10 rupees. Now he owes me 10 rupees. Right? That's what happens with people. So, James, we know that we can pray for people. They'll be healed, and even their sins that they've committed will be forgiven. See, this is something most people won't talk about because the word sozo is used synonymously, parallel, the exact same as save and heal. Do you know that? means to save the world from sins is the word sozo. When the angel was giving the word to Mary, Jesus will sozo the world from their sins. And you fast forward to the woman with the issue of blood. It says, your faith has made you sozo. To the lepers who returned. He said, wasn't there 10 of you? And only one returns in another section. He goes, wasn't there 10 of you? And only two of you came back? It's two different instances. And he responded the same both times. Your faith has made you sozo. Your faith has made you whole. Whole is what it means to be saved. Missing no parts. Complete. That's what it means to be saved. You see this? That's why pastors don't want to preach about it. If they know about it. Because it means you're no longer relying on me if, you're, if I'm the one going to God for you to get this information. But if you realize that you're whole... You don't need my $500 counseling sessions called Sozo, right? Because I help you walk closer to God because I counsel you and I, and I get you to use new age. This, I'm telling you, this is what it is. New age techniques to project Jesus into your past. So you know when you were being abused as a child, Jesus was right there holding your hand through it all. That's sick. It's called projection. It's new age. It's witchcraft. They do this stuff. And they slap a label on it and call it Christian. That is not Christian. How do I know? Because Romans 6 and Colossians 2 says the past is dead and wiped away. Right? 2 Corinthians 5. Was it 17? All has passed away. Behold, all has become new. Right? New is new. It's not restored. It's not made new again. It's new. Tony, this is awesome. This is what Jesus paid for. Come on. Some good stuff. Don't shout me down. 
continue on. Like I said, I have like 20 scriptures in each section. You'll go through it and you'll see for yourself. The devil made me sick because of my work for God. Really? Why are you giving the devil so much power? That's my question. Why are you giving the devil so much power? The devil will try to distract. Yes, he will. But he has no right, zero right, to touch your body because he's not of your kingdom. You're in the kingdom of his beloved son. You're in the kingdom of light. You're in the kingdom of heaven. You're in the kingdom of God. You see this? No sickness has a right to touch your body any any more than sin has a right to touch your body or your spirit or your soul. You understand this? It's, think about it. People say, well, God's teaching me something through the sickness. How many people say, God's teaching me something through the sin? Right? And then, then the people who preach this stuff are the first ones who go to the doctor. Right? And so somebody told me that, and I said, oh, my gosh. You are in blatant rebellion against God. You're trying to get healed by the doctor. And you're supposed to be learning a lesson. What kind of example is that? Right? And it makes no sense at all. No sense at all. Jesus paid for it. It's yours. Healing is yours. Sin-free life is yours. Because what I'm telling you about being living in sin-freeness is the complete liberty not being a slave to the world or its lust. It's yours in the kingdom of God. You don't have to earn it. It's yours. All you have to do is be. Right? It's very simple. Because this is, let me give you a practical, very simple, the most simplified way I could put this. This is how the church works. I was walking down the street, and I fell into a hole, right? So next day, walking down the same street, see the hole, I fall into the hole. The next day, going down the same street, I see the hole, I'm tipping around, tipping toeing around the hole, I fall in the hole. This is the church. Right? Think about this. Well, one day, I'm walking around, minding my business, and I accidentally slipped onto the side of pornography. Right? And the next day, I happened to visit the same site that led me to that site of pornography on accident. Right? 
and I fell into it. And then I realized, this is wrong, this is sin, I shouldn't be doing this. So I back up, and I see the site. I know the address now. And well, I just slip right in. <laughs> right? This is what the world teaches. This is what the church has been teaching is okay. What the final solution is, go down a different street. Right? Choose a different street. It's that simple. Because what you decide and what you practice and what you choose defines you. So with the new nature, are you going to go to a site that's going to lead you into any kind of lust? Or into trouble or into sin? No. Are you going to go do things that are going to lead you straight into that? No. You're not. Because it's not your nature. You don't desire those things anymore because you've nailed them to the cross. Has no place on you whatsoever. We can go through every epistle and you'll see Paul saying, any, anybody who's lying and slandering and, and lusting and is, has greed and has this and has that, he goes, That's, they will not inherit the kingdom of God because that is not God's nature. That's not you. That is not you. You have the very nature of God. So cast off sin like a dirty garment and never pick it up again. It's very easy. Trust Him. Spend time with Him. Don't give place to the devil, period. Amen? So the next one. God hasn't healed me because if He knows I'm healed, I will go back to sin. People have told me this. I'm like, really? Well, you know what? You don't deserve healing, but neither do I. Just not dependent on your goodness. Because that's what they're really saying. I'm not good enough to deserve healing. That's what they're saying. Remember what I said? See past the question or the statement that they are making to the very heart of them so you know how to answer the question. You know how to answer the, the statement of their heart, the question of their heart. Because inside they're really saying, please tell me there's hope. And I can tell you the people that have been healed that I've seen that with this issue, they don't go back to sin. Because they see how much they matter to God that in their sin, He cared for them. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Right? It's very simple. Very simple. Okay, this is one of my favorites, because this is one I haven't encountered until we went to Brazil. All right? So listen to this one. Do not lay hands on anybody suddenly, because you might get their sickness or their sin. Is normal here? 
Sorry, this is funny. <laughs> How do you beat this? How do you overcome this? Context is he was appointing people in ministry. Absolutely. So how do you overcome this? You'll find what you're talking about in 1 Corinthians 5. And you see the context, 17, 17 through 25. But how do you overcome this? Do you know? Anybody? Say what? Okay. Okay, you give an example, right? Then Paul and Barnabas were separated from for ministry to go out as missionaries. Technically, all apostle means is a missionary. Somebody sit on a mission. Yep. This is an ordination. Okay. Right. So let's answer the question. Can sin and sickness jump on me for laying hands? There we go. Now we're getting to the real question. Greater is he that is in me than he that is of the world. Right? So it's like, oh, so you're admitting to me that you don't have the Spirit of God in you. <gasps> what? How dare you? Huh? Oh, so you're spiritually weak. So that's what you ask him. So you're spiritually weak? Really? Wow. What are they feeding people here? It's a lot of sacred cow. It's like, excuse me, what'd you say? It's like, what'd you say? Right, right? Sorry, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Sorry. Say it again. Right? It's a sacred cow. So you're telling me, you're telling me that the power of God cannot protect you the power of God is not enough his grace is not enough for you you are one weak person and there's nobody weak in Jesus Christ so let's look at the Old Testament look at the Old Testament under Moses it says there wasn't a feeble one among them leaving the Egyptians no one was feeble. No one was weak. No one was sick. Even when they started complaining and mumbling and groaning, right? Like our stomachs do when it's about dinner time. <laughs> and our bodies are ready to be buffeted, right? <laughs> I'm joking. But like when you really think about it, what happened? Snakes came out and they bit them. And they had to fast, and they had to pray, and they had to repent with sackcloth and ashes. Is that what happened? No. All they had to do was look at a serpent on a stick. A bronze stick. 
a bronze serpent, 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 right? On a stick. That's all they had to see. Oh, I'm healed. Oh, hey, look, I'm alive. I didn't die. That's under the Old Testament. Are you worried about somebody laying hands on you? Are you kidding me? I was like, go ahead, lay hands on me. Go ahead. Because the only thing that's going to happen is the life that's abundant in me is going to hit you. Right? It's not that they can put something on you. You serve a weak God. That's not my God. My God is a powerful, strong, mighty God. That's why no devil in hell can stand in my presence because he abides in me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is of the world. Right? So it doesn't matter. Let them lay hands on you. You'll see. They'll go flying. It says rivers of living water flow out of you. And they're saying, I've got a little drop. That's what they're saying. Well, I'm weak in the spirit. Oh. So you call God a liar. You're calling God a liar. Interesting. That's what I'm saying. Recognize the potential. Recognize God first. Recognize the value he's placed on you. And then recognize the potential that he's placed within you. There's nothing impossible for them who believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? It's simple. Very simple. Period. <laughs> Did that just for Castro. He was teasing me about that. <laughs> Timothy's stomach. What was wrong with Timothy's stomach? Anybody? Timothy's stomach. What was wrong with Timothy's stomach? Why did he need to take wine? What was wrong with his stomach? Hmm? Oh, so they couldn't just pray for him and see him healed? Huh? Oh, tea's here? Oh, okay. Well, let's take a break. Is that okay? Take a break. We'll come back in 15 minutes. Yeah? Sound good? Let's have some tea.